Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Chasing Justice. I'm your host, Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. On our pages of outrages today, we're going to look at a bunch of different things. Let's, uh, let's talk for a minute about covid now, how much can we all talk about the COVID? Who got the COVID? You're going to get the COVID. The COVID going to get you. Is it, is, it, is it strong? Is it weak? Do we need it? Well, we know that people have been inoculated, uh, received the, the vaccines one time, two times, three times, four times, and they're still getting COVID. Uh, I know there's concerns about the COVID. We have somebody in our family who's 55 years old, in very good health, uh, had no problems that we knew about, got double vaccined, and then had a stroke, uh, a massive stroke, uh, blood pressure 260 over 130 or something or other, some absurd thing when they got him to the hospital. And he's suffering badly now from the effects of the stroke. And his doctor can find no reason that he should have had this stroke other than from the vaccination that he got. Now, we know that there's all kinds of problems you can't talk about. You can't say, you know, what the, what the problems with the vaccine are and what they do to people, how many young people are having uh, problems. And, but, but I think it's interesting to see all the people who have been double, triple, three, and four times vaxxed, and then they still get COVID. What's the purpose? When I was a kid, chickenpox was a problem. And they, they came up with a, uh, a chickenpox uh, vaccine, right? And then rubella, right? Rubella was another another vaccine that they gave us so that we didn't get these things so we didn't get polio and it worked we, nobody got polio it almost disappeared uh, you know the uh, like now the big monkey pox uh, which is actually in the family of uh, smallpox and those kind of poxes they, they're pretty much wiped out but we so we don't really vaccinate for them anymore because they actually were, were knocked down but we're seeing the resurgence of some of these things and where can you link that to well, you can link it to populations of people who have not been vaccinated that are now in our country, right? And I'm not laying blame at the immigrants' feet, but the reality is if you have millions of people, and that's true, millions of people who come onto our country that were not grown up with uh, childhood vaccines that protected us from, from all these diseases, and now all of a sudden we're seeing things that we've never seen for, for hundreds of years or, or at least 50 years or so. Now all of a sudden we're seeing a resurgence of this. So it's, it's been interesting. I see Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, the great Dr. Fauci, uh, flip-flopping Fauci, right? We should call him that, flip-flopping Fauci. You need a mask. You don't need a mask. You should have a mask. Put two masks. Don't put, don't put two masks. Put, put a mask on your head. Put a plug in your ear. Dr. Fauci has now announced that he has COVID. So how many vaccines do you think he's taken? I would bet he knows the truth. He probably didn't take any, but he told us he's been vaccinated uh, three or four times, which is interesting. Well, the reason that I'm talking about COVID again, because it, it gets tedious, you know, at this point, um, it's, it's still a dangerous disease. It is absolutely a dangerous disease. It can kill people, absolutely. Uh, but the fact that we don't at this time, you know, I could see, you know, these, these rushed vaccines that, uh, that we came up with were needed because of the panic uh, and the many people who were dying when this first hit the original COVID uh, virus. 
we needed to have something, right? So people came up with the with the vaccines. Very, very dangerous. You can't sue the manufacturers if you have a stroke, or if you have some other health problem, because it's experimental. But I, I understand the reasoning for trying to put that together so that there would be something to fight this thing. Well, it's been how many years now uh, since we've had the experimental vaccines, the RMNA vaccines, the uh, AstraZeneca, I guess, Moderna and Pfizer vaccines and J&J. And you can argue about the efficacy of these things. I mean, I know people that have been four times vaxxed and got COVID for the third time. You know, so what exactly is it protecting you from? It's not like the old medications. That's what I'm talking about. When I was a kid, you, you know, you got that uh, measles vaccine. You never got measles, right? For the rest of your life, you didn't get it. How come these things only work for six months if they work at all? Well, Dr. Fauci uh, tells us, you know, that we, we, we want to give this to our babies now. And I, I'm just not I'm just not comfortable with it. I don't think we've done enough. But my question is, where are the regular vaccines that should have been being created in the background? Like they couldn't do it immediately. It would take time and it would take testing. Well, where are some other vaccines? There's no other pharmaceutical companies out there trying to solve this problem using maybe more traditional. And I don't pretend to be a, uh, a pharmacy individual, pharmacologist or virologist or any of that. I just know that um, these doctors, these scientists in the past have come up with very successful vaccines. So where are the other ones? Are there any, are there any being made? Do you know of any right now that are in progress, that are in testing, that are more traditional uh, so that we can take them and you won't get COVID ever if you take the vaccine, like the old rubella medication? See what I'm saying? Well, the reason this has come to the fore is because uh, COVID has now come, we think, maybe to Lieutenant Joe's house. We're not sure. Um, this past week, we, my wife and I, Miss Kathy and I, we spent a lot of time with some very good friends of ours, uh, eating dinner, having cocktails, hanging out, talking, laughing, joking, uh, what, what we like we normally do. And uh, two days later, we got a phone call. Uh, from this couple and said, hey, just so you know, uh, the wife said that my husband uh, didn't feel really good this morning. He took a, a rapid COVID test and it said positive. He went in and he had a formal COVID test taken and that has come back positive. So he's definitely got COVID and they're saying that he was contagious during the time that you were here. So that's a little disconcerting for Lieutenant Joe. Uh, now, me and Miss Kathy are in pretty good health. Um, we absolutely are. Uh, but you never know. I mean, this is a dangerous virus. There's, there's no, no doubt about it. If it hits you the wrong way, you have, a, you have an underlining condition or something, it can get you. So we're waiting to see what happens now. The difference is, is that we took a very proactive approach to this whole COVID thing going back uh, to last year. You know, when there was doctors that said, you can't talk about this. You, there's no treatment. There is no treatment whatsoever. Uh, we found a doctor here in New Jersey who actively treats COVID cases with available medications. And this doctor was treating his patients. If you got COVID, he treated you with particular medications. And those people all got better. Um, he treated over 2,000 patients 
uh, in the, from the beginning of the pandemic until, uh, I believe, about this time last year. And he had hospital rights, and he would get his patients in there, and he would give them the available medications. You know, the verboten ones, the ones we're not supposed to talk about. Uh, you know, the horse pill, uh, ivermectin and uh, hydroxychloroquine. Uh, and vitamin uh, zinc and, and vitamin D and all that. And he treated his patients. And out of 2,000 patients of all ages with all kinds of uh, health risks and whatnot, he only lost one patient in that time. One patient in that time. Where other doctors who refused to treat patients for this, because there's no protocol. There is no, 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 there's not. There's no, there's only the vaccine. That's it. And if you get it, take the vaccine. If you get, if you take the vaccine and you still get it, well, you just hang on and hope for it. You're better off if you have the vaccine and you get it. Well, let me tell you, um, I, I kind of held off talking about this because it's a very difficult uh, conversation to have. But a a very close friend of mine, very very close friend of mine, uh, his wife and him both got COVID uh, this past holiday season. And it was pretty bad, and they both ended up in the hospital. Well, he ended up recovering um, after a week or so in the hospital. Uh, his wife did not. She continued to, to suffer the, the pains and the difficulties of the COVID, and she went into a coma, and she never came out of it. And she was only 55 years old, uh, very healthy. Otherwise, uh, she ended up dying. And this was devastating to my very close friend and to me and to my family and, and lots of our friends who knew and loved her. And it, it just demonstrated that this, this virus is very, very dangerous and it can kill people. Uh, but the problem was uh, while she was in the hospital, there was no treatment for her. Uh, we were trying to let her know, trying to tell, tell her husband, hey, there are treatments they can give and the hospital would not give them. Because oh, they were no, nope, they were, no, we don't do that. We only give experimental vaccines, and then we put you on a ventilator, and that is normally a death sentence when you get onto that ventilator. Because at that point, the COVID has run its course to the point that uh, you could die from that when you're on the ventilator. That's a very bad thing. So I, I've been reluctant to talk about it because it's it was a very painful incident, and I think what's more painful is knowing that uh, there are. There are treatments that to this day we're still not allowed to talk about. You have to go to specific doctors uh, to be able to get the medication you need. And that's what we're doing here in Lieutenant Joe's house. We have doctors who will treat us uh, who have prescribed medications that we have here. So uh, we're taking them and we're, we're going we're gonna to ride this out and see how, how it works out for my friend who doesn't have any medications. He's simply following doctor's advice staying home, staying in bed, uh, and if he gets real bad and can't breathe, uh, come to the hospital, we'll put you on a ventilator, and we'll roll the dice for you, um, or you can take a proactive approach like uh, Miss Kathy and I are, and it's all prescribed. You just got to find the doctors that are willing to do it, and there are doctors out there, so doctors um, uh, that are willing to prescribe this give you specific instructions of how to take the medication and when to take the medication, at what stage of, of either uh, preventive or after you realize, you know, you take a test and you have COVID, how much time do you have before you can get the medications into you? And we're hoping for the best now. 
Uh, we're going to find out if this actually is going to help us, if we're going to get sick, if, uh, if this passes us or what the deal is. But this is still an interesting thing. But that's, that's the questions I have is, is how come people who are vaccinated three, four and four times, uh, maybe more than that, are still get the COVID and they can still die? Uh, and my friend, by the way, who, uh, who has this COVID, has been double vaxxed. Um, has been double vaxxed and now he has this. And uh, he's, he's not doing well. He's not feeling well. Uh, so I'm hoping the best, the best for him and, and for his wife, who will probably get it since they're in close proximity. And me and Miss Kathy, who were there for many hours, uh, right at the time he was most contagious. So I'm hoping this passes past us. So I'd ask everyone to pray. Pray for my friend. Pray for me and Miss Kathy and hope that we get through this. And I'll pray for everybody out there as this COVID wave continues nonstop. So it's a pretty powerful virus, right? Kind of, uh, it's, it's following apparently the natural course of most viruses. And they start out, the first version is very strong. And then with each passing uh, variant, uh, sometimes it becomes more, um, what do they call it? More contagious, but less deadly. And now we had Omicron, and now we had, uh, you know, Delta and, and Ypsilama and, and all these other ones. And, and now the one that seems to be going around is that people get it. They have it for a couple of days. It's like a pretty bad cold, uh, and then it's over. So we don't know where we are in this list, which one we could potentially have or how it's going. But it seems to me uh, that with most viruses, you know, the flu virus comes every year. It's pretty potent. It kills lots of people, 60,000 people a year, just about. Uh, hasn't killed 60,000 people in the last two and a half years. That's kind of odd that the, the number dropped. And maybe, I don't know, maybe uh, because everyone was busy with COVID, they didn't have time for regular flu, whatever. But the bottom line here is that, um, you know, that regular flu virus, when it gets to be the warm weather, the virus kind of dies out. And then it comes back in the wintertime. Sometimes uh, it's it's a different version, you know, because it's mutated. Uh, and that's why they, they try and pick, when they make the flu virus for the year, they try and pick which one is most prevalent. Uh, and then they make the, the, the vaccine for that. And that's the vaccine you get. And it's, uh, it's about 50% effective, I guess, preventing anyone from getting sick. So anyway, that's the COVID uh, situation. Dr. Fauci has it. Let's, let's hope he survives it. You don't want anyone to die from this or have a problem. But I would like to know if he really was vaccinated or if he's just making believe, because there are lots of side effects that you're not allowed to talk about. You're crazy if you talk. There are no side effects. There are no treatments. There's nothing with the COVID. You just do what you're told about the COVID, right? Now let's talk about monkeypox for a minute. Monkeypox. Okay, this is this is in the smallpox family, the pox families. And uh, we haven't seen this in a long time. And now we've had, you know, we have, what, 25, 30 cases in America. So we're starting to hear the rumbling. Maybe we should go to masks. Maybe we should go back to masks now because of the monkeypox. Is that something we should do? Uh, for 25 cases out of 350 million people. Uh, apparently, to get monkeypox, it's not like, uh, it's not airborne kind of a thing, I don't believe. Uh, again, I'm not a virologist. I'm going to what I heard on the news. Uh, and apparently, it's something you need physical contact with people. Uh, lengthy physical contact, bodily fluids to get monkeypox. So, uh, people who, who are closely connected or, or engaged in physical activities together uh, often get the monkeypox. But where did this come from? You know, how many cases a year do we normally have in America of monkeypox, and, and where did it come from? Uh, and now I hear, interesting, as you add political correctness to our medicine, because we certainly have that, uh, that's what 
banning people from social media is all about. That's what uh, silencing doctors who say there is a there is a plan of treatment, silencing them, trying to go after their license, remove them from hospital work. It's not politically correct. The government line is the line you should go with, which there is no treatment. There is no preventative. There only is vaccines, right? Now they're saying that the name monkeypox is a racist name and they want to change the name of monkeypox to some other name. Now, when we start to add political correctness into the names of diseases, that this has been the name of this disease, this particular virus, for, for as long as it's been around, uh, even though it really has nothing to do with monkeys. That's what I have been heard. I don't know why they call it that, but apparently the name is racist, so they want to change the name to something else to remove the stigma of monkeypox. I don't know what they're going to call it, elephant pox or pheasant pox or... Uh, I don't know, Starbright Pox or something, because the name is racist. Now go figure. Why would a name be racist? It seems ridiculous to me. Okay, let's move on a little bit. Let's look at some other good news, some other really good news going on in the world. We see that the, uh, the psychotic animal that shot up the food store in Buffalo and attacked uh, mostly African-American people uh, has now been charged with hate crimes because apparently while he was shooting and killing people, and he did kill two white people, but he targeted mostly African-American people, and that was his stated goal. So he, he is a racist. He is an animal who went and did such a thing to kill innocent people is horrific. Uh, he's now been charged with hate crimes, which, okay, now you have a guy who specifically targeted people for their race. That is a hate crime. Right. Uh, every time people of two different races get into a problem, it's not because of race, though. And that's where I see charging people with, you know, that not that I could care. Listen, you kill somebody. I don't care if you kill them because you hate them or if you kill them because, you know, you like them and you were just mad at them. You killed somebody. Uh, the penalty should be very severe for killing somebody. Uh, but I can see the added uh, hate crime thing when you target people just for their race or for something about them, inimitable, that they can't change, you know, who they are or whatever. That I can see. I can see doing that when, it's, when, when you know it's for sure that. When two people of different races end up in a problem, you can't attribute it to racism just because they're of two different races. Uh, there has to be some serious uh, indicator that they did it solely because they hated the person for their race. And then at that point, I agree with it 100%. You know, whatever you can do to somebody that commits a crime like that, uh, dump on them heavier, I'm all for it, right? We have to punish people who do these kind of hideous acts. And I, I, I can imagine the pain and the terror that the community, the African-American community must have felt uh, in that Buffalo area when this took place. And this guy is going to be charged now with uh, hate crimes and get the death penalty. Good. He should get the death penalty for what he did uh, to kill other people, right? And we're all people. All of us are in this together. We're all the American family, and he killed uh, people in our American family, and you should pay the price for that. And the price for killing someone, purposely killing someone with intent to kill them, uh, the appropriate punishment, in my opinion, my humble opinion, is the death penalty. Now, I don't want to get into the death penalty argument, but I know over the years um, it has come up. Is the death penalty important? Is it realistic? Is it righteous to take someone's life? This and that and the other thing. Should the state be doing it? Well, it's not really the state. The state is the mechanics of who takes your life, but it's we the people. We the people demand that there be that kind of a law, and the legislator responds to we the people who they represent 
uh, and they create a law that says if you do A, B, C, and D, it can result in penalty of jail time, fines, or the death penalty if you do certain things. And purposely taking someone's life is such a serious thing that even for someone like me, who is who's very pro-life, I am pro-life when it comes to the babies. Babies are innocent. They didn't do anything to anybody. Uh, and while I respect a woman's body and her right to her body, just like I've said before, my wife and my daughter, I don't want to tell them what to do with their bodies. Uh, my granddaughters, uh, my, my, my daughters-in-laws, I don't want to tell them what to do with their bodies. But I always ask the question, what about the baby? Because once there is a baby, now what about the baby's life, right? So, And we can go on and on with this never-ending abortion argument. Um, but it does lead into people to say, well, Lieutenant Joe, if you believe in protecting the babies from abortion, then how can you be for killing people uh, with the death penalty? Well, it seems to me very, very crystal clear. Babies are innocent, haven't done anything to anyone other than uh, develop and become, you know, the uh, uh, child, child, children of God that God intended, uh, bestowed them with life. They're innocent. Uh, someone who has purposely taken someone else's life, has, has brutalized someone and killed them, um, you can't bring that person back. Uh, that person is lost. They lost their own life. Their their life is ended. Their family is usually devastated. Their husbands, wives, children, or whatever are a loss without that person. And it would be fair to say that um, the death penalty to forfeit your life for committing such a heinous act is justified. That that's a fair penalty. Uh, you killed someone wantonly, purposely, and when you're captured and if you're convicted. Uh, prove that you did it, uh, then you should pay the penalty of forfeiting your life. Uh, either that, or we can keep you in prison, you know, forever, which, believe me, that's probably not a good thing either. People probably don't want to be in prison the rest of their life. But I would always say, we can't count on our friends on the left not to let all these murderers out at some point. You know, oh, they've all changed. And I do believe people change. I do believe people can change. You're in prison for 40 years. I think you can be very sorry for the act that you committed. I think you can see the world in a totally different way. You're removed from whatever uh, influences were making you the way you were when you killed people. Uh, you can find God. I think people honestly do find God when they're in prison. And I think that's a reality. But at the same time, um, I think the standard has to be when the person you killed uh, can get up out of the grave and go back to their family, uh, that's when you can be released from prison, right? So I, I think that's fair enough, right? You did this to that person. They are gone forever, and therefore your penalty is that you are gone forever uh, unless that person can get up out of the grave like Lazarus and come back to their family and continue their life. Then, then we can consider letting you out of jail or not giving you the death penalty. But we know that that doesn't happen. So uh, I think it's pretty clear uh, to me anyway, logically, that you protect the innocent and you punish the guilty. Um, protecting the innocent, letting the babies live, uh, and punishing the murderers with the death penalty, I think is completely logical and uh, makes sense to me. Now, maybe it doesn't make sense to you, but it makes sense to me. And I just ask you to think through it. Think through it. So let's, let's look at that situation for a minute. Let's go to the abortion debate here, and let's talk about uh, keeping our judges safe. What the hell is going on with our Department of Justice? 
Now, remember when uh, when Trump had the Department of Justice? Because you got to understand the hierarchy. The Department of Justice is in the president's cabinet. The president is the highest law enforcement officer in the land. The president can tell the Department of Justice to initiate an investigation. He can all tell the, also tell the Department of Justice to shut down an investigation. Oh, yes, he can. That's within the president's purview. There are some very uh, famous tapes of Richard Nixon talking to the Department of Justice, and they were investigating someone. I don't know if the person was political, connected, whatever it was. Uh, the DOJ had started an investigation, and Nixon had told them, I want you to shut this down. And the conversation was between him and the head of the DOJ, and he was saying, I told you I want this shut down. Well, it sounds shocking. Can it be abused? Yes, of course, having that ability to shut down an investigation. Certainly, that, but it doesn't mean it's not lawful and legal because the president is in charge of the Department of Justice. And as the chief law enforcement officer, the president can say, I want you to investigate this. I don't want you to investigate that. So I remember when Trump was the president and people were, the Department of Justice has to be completely on its own. You can't have any influence over them. You shouldn't talk to them. We should impeach you if you talk to them. And actually, he has every right to talk to them and to tell them what to investigate and not to investigate. Just like we see now um, with President Biden, uh, you don't think there's any influence there on what our Department of Justice is doing? Department of Justice cut currently has absolute federal law in front of them in black and white. That doesn't say uh, you can protest in front of the judge's house um, if you feel like it because you're allowed to protest. What it says is you cannot influence a judge at their home or in their place of work to try and influence a judge for the outcome of a case. You cannot do that. So what do you think? Um, Standing in front of somebody's house, hundreds and hundreds of people uh, chanting, screaming, threatening uh, violence to a judge and their family. Um, do you think that's intimidating? Let's ask that one first. Would that fit the list of intimidating? I would say, yes, it does. That would be intimidating to a judge. How would you like hundreds of people in front of your house threatening your family, right? Uh, so it's intimidating, uh, and therefore it's illegal. So where is the Department of Justice? These are not um, somebody running a store and they sold bad meat purposely and we're angry with them and we protest the store. These are justices of the Supreme Court. I would be just as upset if people went up and, and, and protested at the home of uh, Justice Sotomayor. I would be just as upset, though I agree with no uh, none of her, her decisions, hardly ever. I would say 90% of her decisions I don't agree with. I find them to be inappropriate and, uh, and anti-American. But if people were protesting at her house, I would say, lock them up because you're not allowed to do that. You can't intimidate the judge. You can't do that at their place of work or at their home. And here we have the Department of Justice allowing this to go on. Matter of fact, there was a bill put out. I think 100% of the senators voted to do it immediately, which amazing how fast they can actually work when they want to. Um, and and then they went, they went to the House of Representatives for extra protection for the judges. And there were 22 Democrats who voted no. Now, how can they vote no? Well, the argument is, well, they wanted to add more things into the bill and they wanted to, you know, lard it up with all kinds of other nonsense like they normally do. Um, how about we just look at one issue here, protecting our justices of the Supreme Court, the appellate division, all these courts that can be intimidated by these crazy people, you know, like the guy who showed up at Kavanaugh's house with a gun and an, an intent to kill him, right? Uh, let's just vote for that and protect our justices. All right, so let's think for that. We'll be back in a minute. 
here on Chasing Justice on the America Out Loud Radio Network. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. All right, all right, all right. Again, a uh, a little homage to our friend uh, uh, McConaughey, actor McConaughey. Now we talked about him and his uh, his speech about gun stuff, and I think he's just a good guy trying to do what he can. I don't know that he knows or has taken into account all of the the. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Second Amendment and our rights and our constitutional rights and all that. I think he's a guy who's just trying to find a way to bring the two sides together so that we can try and prevent some of these, these crazy shooting incidents that take place. But what I want to do first, I want to wrap up the, uh, the first segment of our show today. And I got to tell you, as I, uh, as I sit here wondering whether Miss Kathy and I are going to fall victim to the, to the, COVID, uh, to the COVID plague, I got to tell you, we've been taking the healthy cell uh, immune boost for quite a while. Now we started taking this when I first heard about it. We were looking for something to help us maintain our um, our immune system, to help us fight off any infections, especially to keep us as healthy as we can in case the COVID came our way. And I got to tell you, I've never felt better. I've lost weight. I don't know if it's attributed to the to the healthy cell that I lost weight, but. I feel better. I haven't had the, the same problems that I usually have every year with sinus infections and whatnot. I've been pretty healthy, and I think the the uh, immune boost has really, really helped me from healthy cells. So I'm just telling you that, and we're counting on that now as we go through this here. So uh, if you're looking for something to help you, 
take a look at Healthy Cell and the Immune Boost product. Um, I got to say, it's 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 working for me. It's working for Miss Kathy. So I mention it to you because I care about my audience out there in uh, Chasing Justice Land. Now, we talked about uh, what you can do to actually proactively fight back against this COVID. And, and we know that the hospitals won't let you do it and your doctors. But America's Frontline Doctors is a group of doctors, and I think they're based out of probably Florida, where you have where our freedoms all reside right now in the state of Florida. Uh, you call them up. There's lots of different groups. It's not just frontline doctors. There's a couple of groups out there of doctors who are dedicated to medicine and science and not uh, propaganda uh, and nonsense. So you call them, and basically you do a phone consultation. You tell them what you have, your symptoms, this, that, and the other thing, and they will prescribe the appropriate treatment medications, just like our doctor up here in New Jersey, who actually looks at what we have and, like a doctor, helps to treat it so that we can beat it, right? That's the idea. Treat it to beat it is the idea. So uh, I would say go online and look for these doctors if you're looking for them. Have the medicine in your house, maybe. That's what we did all the time. We had the medicine here ready to go in case we needed it. So uh, does that make me a crazy person? I don't know. Uh, I think it made me prepared, right? That's what we tell everybody, be prepared. So as I look around, and I, I just wanted to make sure we covered that, um, this whole thing with the with the judges and these protesters. Now here, they are going crazy with this January 6th thing. Now, you can, you can think what you want about it. I think it was an ugly, terrible riot. And the people that fought with the cops at the stairs should be locked up and charged with assault of those police officers. Let's be crystal clear on that. It was a riot, and it was ugly. Now, I've heard people describe it in different ways. Was it an insurrection? Were they really going to take over the government if they, if the horned man, the guy with the horn hat, got in there? Would he really? Would he become the president of the United States because they controlled that Capitol building? No, he would not. Uh, did all of them have guns to shoot at people? And kill anybody who tried to get them out of there so they couldn't be in charge of the government. No. Apparently, the only guns there were law enforcement guns. The only person there who was killed was a unarmed woman who was, you know, no doubt about it, she was trespassing. She was going in there. But do we kill people for trespassing? I don't think that that uh, investigation has been done properly. Uh, I don't think we looked at that situation. If that was done anywhere else... Anywhere else, if somebody was uh, entering a public building and the law enforcement officer shot and killed somebody unarmed coming in, I don't think we would have cleared it up in two days and said, oh, it's absolutely justified. We're all good. Go away from here. Don't look at this. Um, and you know I'm from the law enforcement world, too, and I support my brother and sisters. This just don't look good. I think it needs to be investigated a little bit better. But anyway, there there's some people that say that... Um, it was a stupid, ugly riot. Some people say it was a it was a scream. It was a call of frustration of people who do not like the direction of the government, and they were trying to be heard. They wanted people. To, did they go too far? Yes, they did go too far. Uh, we have to secure those buildings. We have to secure our politicians, our Democrats, and our Republicans, and our Independents. We cannot have people going in and attacking them. Hundred percent. You can't go in and attack. Uh, members of our government. That's not appropriate, not right. And if you do that, you get locked up. Now, what they have done, though, is to arrest these people, hold them without trial for over a year for basically, I don't know what you call it, aggravated trespassing, 
we see this this debacle on TV, this this farce, this one-sided farce. Uh, it's not really an investigation. It is just like the impeachments uh, of Donald Trump. They are faked up. Uh, they have it's like a kangaroo court. The only people on there are Democrats and anti-Trump people. Uh, you don't have a, a split. You should have six and six and really do an investigation. Let's really get down to the bottom of what happened. And if there was a conspiracy led by anyone to attack the Capitol, then I think we should find that out. And those people should be held to account, even if it goes all the way up to Donald Trump. That would be justice. But we're not doing that, are we? No, it's a one-sided farce where it's just Democrats who hate Trump and two Republicans who hate Trump. Uh, and everything, everything there is biased towards that. They're not asking the real questions. They're not looking at the real, the real things. They're not uh, looking at the right stuff. Now, apparently, there was somebody who said that um, the reason that when Donald Trump offered 20,000 troops to go there and secure the building two days before the event... And he was turned down by Nancy Pelosi, whose responsibility it is to secure the Capitol and oversee the Capitol Police. She said no, because it, would, it wouldn't be a good optic. It wouldn't look good. Well, apparently those documents that say that are in her office, and we can't look at those. So if you're going to do an investigation where you can only look at certain things that prove your point, and we don't explore all the potential of what happened here, then you're not really doing an investigation. You're doing a farce. And that's what I see in front of me. That's why we had 20 million people watching it. Well, that's 20 million out of 320 million, right? So what is that? What's that percentage? Uh, it's 5%, 10% of the people? I don't think it's even that. 10% like would be 32 million. So it's, it's not even 10% of the people. 8% of the people care about it. Uh, that's probably 8% of the people who have nothing else to watch on TV. They find it exciting. Uh, they hate Donald Trump too, so they want to see it too. I don't know. I would like to see a real investigation, but that would include all of the facts, all of the things happen. Who's that guy? I can't think of his name. The big guy that was standing there trying to incite the people, the protesters uh, on January 6th to, we go in the Capitol, we go in the Capitol. I think his name is Ray something. We know who he is. We've identified him. Uh, and they were all, they, all the people there were going, no, we're not going. He's going, yes, we're going to go in. Tell everybody we're going to go in. Well, if we're running around locking up everybody who was there that day because they incited a riot, where's this guy who actually said the words, we're going to go in, we're going to go in? I think that would be inciting the crowd. How come he hasn't been arrested? Now, President Trump said, uh, there's some people here heading up to the, heading up to the, this is paraphrase, uh, heading up to the Capitol, uh, so go peacefully and let your voices be heard. Um, isn't that what we say all day? Isn't that what the protesters do? Isn't that what protesters do uh, when they burn down cities? They're, they're going out for their voices to be heard. They're frustrated. So they burn things down. They loot. They steal. They rape. They beat people. Isn't that what pro... And we applaud those. We applaud those people. We said, that's fantastic. You're letting your voice be heard. We even have politicians that told them, get in people's faces. Right? Uh, do, do things to people. Interrupt them. Throw them out of restaurants. That's inciting people to do bad things. Telling people to go have your voice be heard peacefully is not. So they can try and blame Donald Trump for that. I, I heard, what, what was her name? A Cheney, who is despicable. She shouldn't be a Republican. She should just leave the party and go be a Democrat. 
she's she's a it's got to be an embarrassment to her family um but anyway she's up there you know uh, with this whole thing uh trump assembled the mob trump instructed the mob trump did this with the mob so every time a politician well how about how about chuck schumer wasn't he part of assembling the mob in front of the supreme court didn't he incite the mob didn't he even instruct the mob when he said Kavanaugh and uh, whichever the other justice was, uh, Gorsuch, you will pay the price for your decisions. If you if you keep doing these decisions, you will pay the price. That is intimidation in front of the court. That is inciting a mob. That is inciting people to go, oh, wait a minute. A guy did show up at Kavanaugh's house with a gun with the intent to kill him. Why is Chuck Schumer not in handcuffs today for inciting that riot? But instead, we're having this 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 farce on TV where uh, you know Donald Trump he assembled the mob, he told the mob, he incited the mob. He didn't do any such thing. People are allowed to gather to talk about their rights, to be concerned, to redress their government for grievances. It's right there in the Constitution. You know that pesky old Constitution. Now, for those of you sitting in your basement taking notes. Uh, on Lieutenant Joe. Let's be crystal clear what I've said about this. Uh, People have a right to assemble. They have a right to protest. They have a right to be angry. They don't have a right to break into the Capitol, right? For people who did that, they don't have a right to fight the Capitol Police and injure police officers. They should be arrested for that and held accountable for their actions. Do you get that clear? Did you get that? that? Did I say it clear enough for you to hear it actually as how I said it? But that being said, we, we haven't looked at this entire... Who is this guy that was inciting people? How come he has not been... We know where he is. He's a farmer somewhere. Or he lives on a farm or he lives somewhere. I've seen pictures of him. How come he's not in handcuffs being dragged in front of that committee? Why, why? Who told you to incite that crowd to go inside? Wouldn't that be a good question for him to ask? be asked under oath? You were standing in front of that crowd telling them, we're going to go in. We're all going to go in. We're all going to go in. Here we had people who were not inciting a crowd, that have been arrested. Here's a guy absolutely inciting the crowd. We're going to go in, we're going to go in. And they're bullying him, calling him a fed, 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 fed. Was he working with the federal government? Was he working with the FBI to incite that riot to so that we would have a good optic for one particular party uh, opposed to another? Is that possible? See, all of these things... I saw a meme the other day, and it was uh, it was you know supposed to make a point. And there's a little girl asking her mother, "Mom, what's a conspiracy theorist?" And the mother said, "That's somebody who finds out the truth before everybody else." Right. So think about it. We know that our friends on the left used the FBI to make up a whole Hillary Clinton's campaign. Hillary Clinton came up with the whole Russia collusion hoax. We know she did. It's been proven now. Her campaign manager said so under oath. Where's Where's Hillary being marched in front of the committee? Or any committee, right? Anywhere. Um, but they used the FBI. They faked up FISA warrants, which if you do that as a cop, you give bad information purposely to a judge for an affidavit, uh, you will get arrested and you will probably lose your career. All right, so one guy has been arrested, the guy who physically wrote the warrant. Who, who told him to do that? Who put him up to that? How come we don't know those things, right? So we know that one one side, one political party, used the FBI for nefarious reasons to go after a private citizen, Trump, 
and then a president-elect Trump, and then a president Trump, faked up warrants to spy on him. And they were called a conspiracy theorist. Even uh, William Barr, when he went up to Capitol Hill and he answered a question, and they said, you think he was spied on? Because they were making fun of Trump, saying he got spied on. And William Barr said, yeah, from what I've seen, uh, I think he got spied on. Uh, you know, so, so we know that we know that they will do these things. So is it possible that this whole thing was, hey, we know a bunch of these patriots and these Trump people are coming to Washington. If we can incite this into a problem, we can use that against them. Is that so really far-fetched? Is that really far-fetched to think that a, a people who would do that would uh, and would use the FBI and make up a thing against the guy like President Trump and the whole commu uh, collusion thing. It, is it enough to think that be, you know, they did that, but no, they would never do this. They would never do this for the optics because they seem to be worried about optics a lot, don't they? How about if we all just worry about the truth? How about we deal with things on their face value and what they really mean? I don't know. It's all just questions, but I can't watch the farce because it's, it is one-sided. Um, and they will not ask the real questions. And anybody, I'll tell you right now, anybody, including you, in your basement in your underwear taking notes from Lieutenant Joe, uh, anybody that says it's a fair committee or this is a fair or appropriate investigation, you're nuts. It's not. It's a one-sided kangaroo court with the, with the purpose, clear purpose, to damage Donald Trump so that he can't run or if he does run for president again, uh, that he wouldn't win. That's the whole purpose of it. And all of you out there uh, clapping like seals. Oh, this is so great. Look at the truth is coming out. Um, and, and you can't see the forest for the trees. You're being used. You're being used again. You're probably the same people that thought the Russian collusion thing was real. And you were clapping like seals then too. See, we got him. We got him. We got him. Right? Uh, there's nothing to it. Uh, if he really did something, if a real investigation was done, it turned out that Trump ordered that to take place, I would say he should go to prison for inciting riots. But at the same time, Chucky Boy Schumer actually did that, and a guy showed up at the at the house of a justice and attempted to kill him. Uh, and we do nothing about that. So uh, let's let's all uh, let's all think twice about what we're doing and running our mouths back and forth here. Let's deal with truth and reality, okay? So when it comes to that, the other thing we're seeing right now is this inflation. Inflation at 8.26%, I think, for the month of May. This is this is something that I'm feeling the pain uh, financially, and I, I do okay. Right? Lieutenant Joe does okay. I'm not, a, I'm not a wealthy guy, but I do okay. I, I've worked really hard to get where I am, and I work very hard to, to, to take care of my family. But I'm feeling the pain of this. And Miss Kathy and I were sitting talking the other day saying the, the average income or the mean income, the you know, 50% higher, 50% lower, in the state of New Jersey, I think is like $66,000. How can somebody making $66,000 when they have to pay the confiscatory state taxes, the sales taxes, the federal taxes, when they have to pay all those kinds of taxes, and then to have to go from $40 a week in gasoline for their car to 80 or 100, that is debilitating to people's lives. You know, the fact that you can't get baby formula is absolutely debilitating to people's lives. Um, where's the hearings on this? 
Why, you know, why is it there are no hearings on this? And I know, I'm not naive. I know that the Republicans were in charge and, and there was bad things about them. They wouldn't hold uh, hearings. Um, but all of these, all of these, th- Afghanistan, where was the hearings about how that happened? And where a pullout there, that devastating pullout right there. If that was Trump, do you doubt, do you doubt for one second he would have been impeached over that? Right? Of course he would have. There, no baby formula and babies have to go to the hospital and p- people can't find it. Do you think he would have been impeached over that? Of course he would. No, a set, a double set of standards is what's, it's part of what's hurting us, is what's driving us apart. That there is no justice. Justice is only wield against your enemies. It is not wield uh, for everyone. It's only against our enemies. And if you're in power, you wield it against your enemy. Uh, as opposed to justice being for the same for all of us as a rule of law, a nation of laws. All right. Uh, this is what's driving us apart. As, and this is what's getting people frustrated is that they see over and over again. I see our president, um, who was probably really not fit for office. He's not Joe Biden. Um, he's obviously suffering either beginning or the middle stages of dementia. The rest of the world knows it. We, we pretend, oh, he's, I saw a guy the other day. A, a Democrat uh, politician on talking, um, and it was so frustrating. Uh, every time the commentator asked this guy a question, it was, Joe Biden just d- demonstrated some of the greatest leadership skills we have ever seen in a president of the United States at this most recent uh, convention of all these uh, South American and American states. Does anybody really think that Joe Biden went there and demonstrated unbelievable leadership uh, in front of this thing? No, he did not. He bumbled and stumbled. Half the people that were supposed to come didn't come because they, they don't want to talk to him. Uh, but this, this, these talking points, that's all we do is throw talking points at each other. And this is, again, another thing that makes people, uh, just turns people off to the whole situation. But this inflation, how can somebody make in 60 or 70 or $80,000? Sounds like a lot of money. It's not that much money. Not in today's world, not in the Northeast, when you have to live in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, um, you know, places like this. It is, it is, there's nothing. $80,000 is barely enough to get through to, to have a house, a car, and take care of your family, let alone go to college. And you start to take 10% of people's incomes away? Unbelievable. It's, 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 it's something I can't imagine how people are actually surviving. If I'm feeling the pain, um, and I am. Uh, We're making lots of choices here over where we spend in dollars, where we're tightening up, where we're going to cut off certain things that we do because we're trying to make it through. And it's only going to get worse. And how do we say, well, it's a sign of a healthy economy. What psychiatrist would allow someone to come out front and say a thing like that and say, well, that's a sign of a good economy? Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, the the, uh, 3.2% unemployment. Now, normally, that would be so stellar and wonderful, but how can we still talk about there's thousands and thousands of people in New York City alone that will not come back to work? Well, if only 3.26% of people are out of work, everybody should be working, but they're not. It's another farce. The way those statistics are taken is that they look at people who are actually looking for a job, and out of people who are looking for jobs, uh, there's employment uh, only 3.26%. But if you look at everybody who's out of work because they choose not to be in to work or because they haven't got the job they want, that number is is astronomical. It's very, very high. Because uh, we all know there's people not working because they don't want to go back to work. They're afraid. New York City, I, I read an article the other day. They were asking people, do you want to go back to work? No, not with all the danger in the city. 
Are you kidding? I'm, I'm safe at home. I'd rather work from home. I don't want to go back in that city where raping, robbing, people getting thrown on train tracks every five minutes, stabbed, slashed, all kinds of this other nonsense. They don't want to go back to work to that, right? So what do we do there? Well, what would common sense tell you? Common sense would tell you, cut down on the crime. And how do you do that? You aggressively police criminals. That's how you do it. The only, um, the only kind of policing that makes a community safe, any community, rural community, urban community, doesn't matter. The only kind of policing that makes people safe is aggressive, proactive police work. Now, does that mean going after people for no reason, going after people because you don't like them? That don't really happen. In some instances, there are a few, no doubt about it. But the overwhelming majority of cops target areas where there's lots of crime and they target people who commit the crime. Now, if we haven't learned that by now, uh, I don't know that we'll ever learn it. Look at what happens when you defund the cops and when the cops back off so they don't get in trouble for doing their jobs. Uh, crime goes through the roof. Now, it's not safe and lots of people don't want to go back to work because there's crime. Right? It's unbelievable. So this inflation and the crime uh, are not signs of a booming economy, the greatest place to live, America. This is the best economy in the world. And not one reporter stands up to this, to this president or to the other people in the room or to his press secretary who basically told somebody when they asked the other day uh, if Biden is too old and too feeble to be president that you, we have no right to ask the president's health. Um, anybody remember Ronald Reagan? I remember after they talked about, he's feeble, he's asleep in meetings, he's too dumb, he's too old, he's got the... That was okay then, right? But not now, not when you actually have a guy who apparently is suffering from dementia uh, to some level, uh, you can't even ask about it. Now, Donald Trump slipped down a, a runway, uh, a, a gangway uh, with his shoes, slipped down his... And there was, he should have a brain test, he should be this and that, he's, un, he's unstable on his feet, he's got health issues. It is so blatant now the bias that's out there, that nobody can believe the media. Even if the media came out and told the truth, nobody could believe it. You can't believe our government because they lie to us six ways to Sunday every single time. You can't believe anything that you hear, except, of course, you're on America out loud. But this is all, all the factors that are combining together to make our lives uncomfortable. We're at each other's throats over things like this. We can't seem to get along. You got people... We are engaging in things that are Soviet Union type of things. Banning speech. Cutting down on speech. Attacking people's rights. Um, uh, Canceling people. This is, um, this, is, this is all stuff for the gulags. Uh, and we don't realize that it's on top of us here. And we, we had better do something about it. And the only thing we can do is vote. We better get out there and vote. You better think for yourself and say, say, listen, turn off my emotion, turn off my party loyalty, no matter which side you're on, and look at the, look at the actual on-the-ground things that are happening and make a decision for you and your family that's going to actually help you. Are these policies over here going to help my life be better or are these policies over here going to make my life be better? So if some of those policies mean your gasoline price goes back down to $2 a gallon, that you have free speech, that your rights are protected, that your family can go to school, that there's a supply chain filled with things, that is probably the one to vote for. On the other hand, if you're going to stick to your party loyalty over 
common sense, and you say, well, no, $7 a gallon gas is good. Uh, let's go green, go green, when there's no, no way to go green. When Air Force One can fly on solar power, then I'll say, oh, maybe that green is pretty good. I'm all for green power. I'm all for renewable, right, and, and reusable, and I'm all for that. But it is not at the point right now where it's actually doable. So by attacking the way the energy sources we do have that do help our country to work and work at its top level, when we don't have replacements, is stupid. It is foolish. And look what it's doing. $6, $7 a gallon gas. What do you think that costs the average person making $60,000, $80,000? you think they can afford to fill their car uh, twice a week? Can they go anywhere? And now we see the housing markets coming apart. We see a recession looming. We're going to see mass unemployment, possibly. We're going to see, on top of no supply chain, right? Blackouts and brownouts because we don't have the energy. To, to, this is America. And we are turning it into a third world nation in pursuit of ideas that maybe have merit uh, at their heart, be good to be all clean energy, renewable, no, no fossil. That would be great if that stuff could really, really work. It doesn't really work. It's in the starting stages. So we should encourage it, absolutely. But we don't do away with the things that actually do work so we can have a functioning country. Boy, you got me wound up today, everybody. My pages of outrage. I didn't even get to them all, but I'm glad we had some time together here. So listen, I'm going to ask everybody, let's all try and get along, shall we? Let's forget our emotion. Let's forget our party loyalty. And let's ask what's good for our country, for each other, and our families. And I'll see you down the road. Now remember, be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. This is Lieutenant Joe for Chasing Justice here on the America Out Loud Radio Network.